everyone, Cece here with Fight to Finish Podcast. Uh, today we have a special guest joining us. Um, some of you may have heard of him before. His name is Milsim Junkie. Um, so, sure, any of you out there from uh, Milsim Junkie Nation, uh, you guys might be a little excited to hear him. He is back out here on social media and, uh, yeah. guys ccg here from fit and fluffy um today i have a special guest for you guys uh they're actually going to be co-hosting with me today you guys might know him if you've ever uh been in the the airsoft community um he's known as milsim junkie so if you have any people from the milsim junkie nation uh we have r1s joining us today <laughs> hi guys <laughs> She did some research. I'm really surprised. She, she knew exactly the tagline of the of the YouTube channel. Yeah, yep. So, uh, yeah. So some of you might not know, but Arun was he had his little uh, he has his little claim to fame. He had a YouTube channel. It was quite successful. I, I would have to say. Um, Mediocre by today's standards. Yeah, he he got an award. Uh, he does have a play button at home. It's a little uh, YouTube plaque award for reaching hundred hundred thousand. So I don't know if they still do these today, but at a hundred back in my day, back in my day, when you reach a hundred thousand subscribers, you got a plaque. Um, and now you get one at a million. You get one at like. Five million. I mean, it's it's nice. It's a silver play button. I think I think um, million is gold, and then now there's like a diamond status. Fancy. Pretty high. Yeah. So yeah, that's Arwen. Um, so Arwen, how did you get? Well, first of all, welcome to episode two. Yes, of, welcome to episode two. <laughs> a fit and fluffy. Um, uh, CC thought that it would be a good chance since I practically interviewed her in the last episode. She was going to interview me. So, yeah, she's now interviewing. Take it away. All right, Arwen. So tell us, please, how did you get into airsoft? Let's start there. Um, probably just an interest in uh, military, military. Uh, I never served. Um, I did. I wanted to. I met with a recruiter uh, and when I was like 18 and uh, before I left before I went off to college, just in junior college. And um, my parents really were strongly against it. Not that they are against the military. They just want, really wanted me to get an education first. Um, so I committed to, to get an education. And, <clears throat> and um, but I was always still had a strong, uh, I support the military um, in every way possible. Um, anyways, uh, strong attraction to guns and outdoors and stuff like that. And, and uh, I didn't really wasn't into paintball. Um, looked at it and was like, eh, whatever. It doesn't look real. And then, so, so for those of us here that aren't familiar with airsoft and paintball, what what is the difference? Okay, cool. So, uh, paintball and uh, they they don't use guns. They they use markers and markers um, use they use are, are compressed air. They shoot uh, paintball paintball rounded paintballs in, um, that are encapsulated. They break upon contact. So. Um, think of it uh you can play it different different ways now these days like a 
speedball, which is, you know, basically force on force. Um, either got to get a flag or eliminate all the players, or woods ball, which is out in the woods, and you play a similar format, but out in the woods, rather than, like, using plastic barriers and stuff. Um, that's paintball. What airsoft is, is a little bit more realistic in terms of one-to-one. And what I mean by that is, like, the, the guns, they, you, they shoot six millimeters, really small pellets, plastic pellets, out of these guns or these uh, airsoft guns that look real. They look like their real uh, counterpart. Um, these days with airsoft, there's speed QB, which is more on, like, indoors and barrier, very close to uh, paintball. And then there's, like, m- military simulation, which is outdoors, which look and feel very uh, realistic. There's teams, there's squads, there's platoons, and that, and that was primarily what I was drawn to the most, and um, that was my namesake on the YouTube channel, um, Mil- Mil Sim, which is short for Mil- Military Simulation Junkie. Um, really, I started the name out of, uh, well, number one, it should be Mil Sim Junkie 1 on okay. YouTube, YouTube, but uh, the kid that had the name before me, I messaged him. He never said anything, so I just took Milsim Junkie One when I created the the YouTube account <clears throat> at the time. So, um, yeah, I was really into the the military simulation at the time. I had like camo, and I thought that I was like hardcore, like <laughs> into it. Uh, you know, you come years later, and there's way hardcore people in in that. So, you know, shout out to those to those people that take it very, very seriously and have taken a step further and have joined themselves. Um, shout out to you guys, because in, in my tenure as a YouTuber, I met a lot of those people that uh, were inspired by the videos and joined, and they either are in a uh, first responder capacity, military, like police or firefighters, or have gone on to doing some pretty rad things, you know, in terms of the military, whether it's like just your basic uh, soldier to your elite special forces people like shout out to to those guys that that were inspired by the videos and i think that's uh really really cool to see how far what impact my my channel had but but going back to the channel um it started out of uh just trying to look cool like really i um i had a cell phone with a camera on it it was a Windows phone. It was not a. It was not a iPhone. Fancy. Yeah, this is pre. This slightly predates the iPhone. The iPhone was about to come out, but I had a Windows phone, and I used to keep it. It used to fit nicely on this, on my chest. Like I was wearing like a wow, like a vest or GoPro. Before, well, like, GoPro was out, okay, but it was not affordable, and and it wasn't like high definition, <laughs> so. The very, very first Milsim Junkie videos were shot on a cell phone, combination of cell phone and like mini DV. So uh, for you young folks that are listening to us, which predates like a lot of things, things were recorded onto tape. And from tape, I would record, com- combine tape and cell phone footage to make a Milsim Junkie video. A lot of went into, <laughs> but this is like circa 2000. Technically, the channel started in like 2010, but this is. This predates um, predates that. So, like the very first when I first got into airsoft, it was like a lot of like crappy footage. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I guess that comes from me as a kid, always playing around with the camera. So, either way, I, I was gonna capture something and make it look cool. But yeah, I wanted to look cool in this sport that 
which I played dress up essentially, which is basically LARPing, you know, live action role playing. He still LARPs. Yeah, every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I basically played dress up every weekend. I don't want to say weekend warrior because that's for somebody else, but you know, I definitely you know got my thrills in on the weekends, uh, playing dress up and shooting people and kids in the face. And uh, yeah, I started the channel. People started watching. Um, we used to play in this place called CQB City on Stockton, California. It's still there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I used to play every weekend. $20. No, $30. Every weekend. Sometimes I would do doubles. I would do two days. I would go back to back. And as a kid or as a, a struggling college student, $60 every weekend was a lot. Plus the cost yeah. of, plus the cost of BBs because BBs do run out. Like, you have to buy those. And if your guns break or your equipment breaks, you got, it was a very expensive hobby to get into. Um, but um, I've made a lot of lifelong friends along the way, some of which I still have till this day. Um, actually, most of my wedding party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sans my brother. Yep. It was all like lifelong friends um, made from that. But And I mean, I think that opened up a lot of opportunities for you and you met a lot of people within the the military and law enforcement industry yeah i mean you know going from that to to kind of continue with the history um the really i wanted to look cool but i also was straight kind of out of college when i started the channel so uh, I, I had a marketing degree i had marketing sense but there was this emerging technology called social media right youtube twitter was really the big thing people were doing and um so I had some knowledge of how to, you know, I had some knowledge, marketing knowledge, but I also wanted to play around with this social media thing. So uh, I created the channel and started posting all my videos to YouTube. It garnished a small audience from like, I remember going to just 100 people and, and like celebrating that. And I was like, oh man, there's an actual audience. And um, at the time, um, there was only one real channel of Airsoft. And it's a guy in Ireland or Scotland, I think. Um, it's called Scott the, Scout the Doggy. Shout out to that guy. that guy. Never met him. But we were competitors for like the longest time. <laughs> uh, but those are the two. Well, he was the main channel. Like what everybody strived to be. Like his videos were like top notch. And um, for the longest time, uh, we would go back and forth. I would just basically keep up with him. Um, he probably doesn't know this. And a lot of the other YouTubers. Uh, that I met along the way that sprung up probably don't know this but every time he posted a video I needed to post the video so I would create, do my weekends go play airsoft make make a video and make sure make sure to just time it with his audience and basically and unbeknownst to me this is this is just basically grassroots analytics I'd mimic what someone else was doing and see what time they would upload and basically hit the same audience. This is no different than from what, what we do today in marketing with, uh, with AdSense, AdWords, Google Ad stuff. It's just timing, right? And, and really, that was the grassroots of it. Um, but I didn't know anything of that, uh, any of that in the beginning. I was just saying, taking what worked, which is this, this guy was, Scout the Dog, he was like the, the what everybody strived to be, and just mimicked him. And then I took flavors of different people like, uh, Philip DeFranco and and really uh, mimicked how their formats and kind of made it my own style and implemented all these other YouTubers that I watched. Um, 
into my own unique style of like you know videos uh if you guys aren't familiar with the channel please go check it out milsimjunkie.com still takes you i still pay for it still takes you to the youtube channel you can go watch it i still have a small subscriber base still now um but you know you, you'll see the flavor of the videos the general format and the real way i format my videos is, is that it tells a story and that's very much influenced by scout the doggy where it shows you one match of a whole day where you see two sides of the story like bad guys good guys good guys bad guys people trying to rescue somebody and these 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 airsoft scenarios um can be either like kill eliminate everybody on the team or like you would have hostage rescue situations where the bad guys try to fend off the good guys and the good guys try to go rescue somebody but that's that's what i wanted to tell those stories of like people trying to do their objective and i would show both sides and that was very much influenced by scout the doggy but at the end of it we would have the banter and um like scout the doggy would just have that's it that's the video it's just the two sides but majority like more than half of my videos or half of the video is the banter that would exist outside in between those matches where it would be essentially shit talking it'd be like me ragging on q or me you know and it would just be the banter and that's essentially the essence of what airsoft was is a bunch of guys who played dress up and just made fun of each other and people latched onto that whether they got their thrills watching my videos if they weren't able to play airsoft themselves that weekend they watched my videos and and relive that weekend with me and and i think that's truly the success of the videos was that people relived their moments and enjoyed watching the game because i made i made it feel like you're playing the game and then i made you got i made the audience feel like part of the the friend group where we we'd all crap talk about one person or or something funny would happen or like andre would biff it and fall on the foot you know you know fall on his face time and time again right and and it really essence and long and, and long story short it became it became these guys became their own characters like i remember when foo when when the channel was huge i remember foo was like driving and people were like hey your name's foo and you're like you know, you're from Milsim Jogi. Like, he got recognized. And Andre gets recognized because yeah. he has his own name, ACF, right? ACF, like, Asian you know, Colin Farrell. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's one of those things. But, um, yeah, the channel was, uh, well, well, to go back, round back, it, it became really, uh, I remember at the time when when people would say Airsoft, like, when it started, I knew it was something. When people started saying airsoft, and only two channels came up to mind, it was my channel and Scout the Doggy. It went from me aspiring to be this guy's channel to me being one of the pioneers of of the sport. Is like me. And how how many uh, YouTube channels are there now for? Oh, there's a uh, tons. And 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 shout outs to some of my my old airsoft friends who continue to play and continue to build and and challenge the formats of, of airsoft uh, there's billions there's hundreds of channels successful channels and and at the time i did not know that i was like really the one of the pioneers of the sport in yeah. in, in in and on youtube like social media wise it was like i don't i don't want to toot my own horn but a lot of the guys will tell you uh, that really the channel influenced the sport in general and um you know, I, I'm proud to say that I was part of that. And yeah, I'm proud, that's great. 
I think um, it's one of those things where it's like, in retrospect, you don't, as I, as I was going through it, I was just enjoying the ride. But now that I reflect upon it, it was like, oh, crap. The, the, these, these, these. Yeah, it was just, I was on in the early days of Airsoft and on the early days of YouTube, right? And being being on that format and just really taking off with it you know i'm really lucky to say that that that's my claim to fame was that big influence i mean maybe a lot of the younger kids now that will listen to this you know probably won't know who i am but that i'm okay with that yeah you know some of these ogs or these original people will remember and and i'll always say i've been part of that so i'm very proud of that and how many years did you uh was the was the channel locked for? I want to say five, six years. Um, I suffered a lot through burnout. Um, you know, I think every YouTuber, if you do it a part of your living, like as did I, uh, you experience burnout, and um, and it's it's hard to maintain. It's hard to get. I mean, you see a lot of good YouTubers. You see, uh, these days, a lot of vloggers suffer from burnout. Their relationships, like, suffer from it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's sad, but it's a very real thing, right? I had two, uh, two or three big burnouts where it's just like every weekend I couldn't keep it up. And, I mean, uh, you probably would not like me if... <laughs> no, we wouldn't be together. <laughs> we would, yeah, yeah, I would be up 3 a.m. trying to hit a deadline. I would set these deadlines, but those are skills that transfer. I think maybe this is going back to your original question, but... There, a lot, it taught me a lot of skills that I take into my professional life. So, um, and during one of my burnout breaks, um, I translated uh, my my experience through YouTube into into a full time job with a um, military footwear company, which was I was at for three years. Um, and through my relationships as a social media person through that company and as an influencer on YouTube, I made a lot of you know successful connections in the military. Um, and in marketing and, and, you know, I basically transferred my YouTube skills into a full-time professional, like, job. Nice. And then, um, yeah, I mean, uh, ultimately, uh, I realized that the, the, ultimately, I realized that at some point that, um, Ultimately, I realized at some point there was a uh, a shift in the community, and not not bad or good, but I realized that there were newer kids or newer influencers that were going to take the YouTube to the next level, and I was okay with just kind of um, just stepping back and stepping letting the back, next generation. Yeah, stepping back and letting the next generation take its course, and and doing and and continuing my own professional life. Right. So, I mean, I'm grateful for that experience of YouTube and uh, I very much still want to stay in part of the social media game um, or or some sort of, you know, influencer game. That's what we're doing this podcast. But, you know, that's that's where we're at now. So now that you have a bunch of time now, that you don't have a YouTube channel. What do you do for for fun? I've, the thing about like Airsoft is uh, <laughs> or about about me in general, as I become very much obsessed with whatever hobby or task. And I'm very much still obsessed with a lot of um, the things I learned in Airsoft. Um, 
I think right now I'm in a phase of my life where I'm hyper focusing on another physical aspect of my life, like jujitsu. So I'm doing a lot of jujitsu at the moment, a lot of uh, roll time. And, and uh, how long have you been doing jujitsu? Yeah, not long. Um, two, two, almost three years. Almost three years. Yeah. Yeah. And not that it's. And not that it's. Um, I don't know. It's it, in the grand scheme of things that may seem like a long time. Uh, or, or a short time, no, sorry. In the grand scheme of things, it may seem like a long time, but in in jujitsu, it's a very short period of time. Uh, the average person is going to take a while to reach the, the highest levels of jujitsu. So um, I'm taking a lot of the the aspects I've learned um, through uh, not aspects I've learned, but the same type of person that was Milsom Junkie. I've, I've in terms of uh, hyper focused on a task. I'm taking that discipline and transferred it into jujitsu. <laughs> Sorry for that quick interruption. Cece was distracted by my. Uh, Marwan has like fluff on his eyebrow. Get out of here. It was distracting. It was distracting. I don't like fluff. Um, so, uh, okay, so you do jujitsu. Um, been doing it for about three years. Um, what I think there's more that you do in regards to fitness. You don't just do jujitsu. Oh wow! You, I see where you were taking this. You just want me to. Hmm. Um, I do jujitsu, and um, I've recent recently started to incorporate a need for strength, the strength, um, aspect to it. So, um, I've taken up the sport of CrossFit. So, uh, I wouldn't say um attached to a CrossFit box as I do a lot of drop-ins and I don't have a membership because they're very expensive. Um, but I do a lot of programming um, done by my wife, uh, Cece, as in the last episode, you guys learned she's a coach. So it's a good, uh, it's a good way for her to get her reps in as a coach to program. Um, but what programming is, is basically coming up with a wad. And what a wad is to go deeper is a workout of the day. So um, for example, I come to her and I was like, hey, I want to work on certain grips for jujitsu or I want to get stronger in my, my legs um, to, to do some of these moves. Um, she'll come up with a workout and a warm-up. So basically, um, a whole program for the day for me to, to, to complete, uh, whether it's an AMRAP, uh, a, as fast as possible, or a particular wad. She'll, she'll program it and I'll execute it. Um, I do that. Um, pretty much every Sunday, and then on Wednesdays um, and Fridays, we'll drop in, we'll both, one of us will drop into a CrossFit gym and actually knock out a workout in the morning. It's just good, good training. I think um, just in the short time I've been doing it, I've been seeing a lot of improvements in my recovery, my stamina, um, which is very important for jujitsu. Um, a lot of jujitsu roles or when you're fighting or during a match, you are, it's very much, your heart rate is going fast, slow, so very much interval-based. But also, you want to see how long, I mean, you got five, sometimes rolls go longer than five minutes, but your average roll is, is five minutes, so your match is five minutes, you're rolling and trying to kill each other, essentially, choke each other in jiu-jitsu or a grappling match. So, your body's getting taxed at different intervals, so it very much takes a toll on your body. But I think the CrossFit aspect has been, it's been teaching my buddy to to do well with the high intensity, and then the strength component is um, transferring pretty. Uh, strength component is 
is um is, i mean i have from my rolling partners already they've been commenting commenting how strong uh my grip is i mean like howie by the way was like saying it's like bro dude your grip your grip is it's like changed in this last month i was like i know i've been focusing on it so um so now i'm being much more of a threat um not that i wasn't before it's just again improving on on cross training yeah it's that cross training but also it's it's focusing on i realize there's weaknesses in in my game and i'm trying to improve on those weaknesses so one was strength stamina recovery um and that's important very much so yeah and i think there's also one more aspect of fitness that you focus on um what's that wait what ah interesting i'm not obviously you now okay now you're a observer okay what did you okay go ahead well most people probably wouldn't consider this fitness but i i think it's a huge part of fitness and being able to continue doing what you love and it has to do with that mobility and recovery piece mm. uh and i think you do spend a lot of time every day after yeah, yeah. uh jiu or even like crossfit and stretching rolling yeah. out yeah, I think, you know, um, something I've been doing very early on in my jiu-jitsu journey has been, uh, well, not very early on, really, uh, after, within the last year and a half, been focusing yeah. on stretching up, or stretching after class, uh, implementing a lot of yoga into my routines, post-stretching. Um, it's good for mobility, it's good for, for preventing injuries. Um <clears throat> But now it's also translated to CrossFit because uh, I also do that after class, after a wad. Um, I, what I like about CrossFit is that the, the warm-ups are warm-ups. They're not like your typical high intensity where you're sweating. I think the purpose of a warm-up is to get, warm up your muscles to be ready for the actual workout. And um, I really learned a lot um, in CrossFit. But now um, what I also notice about CrossFit is a lot of people don't take time to to actually do the finishing component, to stretch, right. to to focus on that mobility or prevent injuries uh, or moving all of that lactic acid build up in your muscles, mm -hmm. especially after a hard workout. So um, <clears throat> I've implemented a lot of yoga stretches, um, rolling out, foam rolling, using a hypervolt, getting rid of that lactic acid after jujitsu um, and now after CrossFit, uh, focusing on mobility, stretching out the muscles, heart like psoas muscles, uh, lats, especially, um, forearms. Um, but now it's my discipline is translated into getting my rolling partners, um, to do it as well too. We hold each other accountable. Um, yeah, I may stay at the gym more than three, four hours at night, but we're making sure that, um, that I stay, uh, we all stay healthy. I mean, I think, you know, I, and very early on as a white belt used to get terrible headaches. I think you remember this, like, oh, yeah terrible headaches because someone would crank on your neck someone would twist your arm or whatever and you just got that lingering pain and i would just go home straight after and i always thought it was just like i gotta get through the pain yeah a lot of it was like experience or lack thereof as a white belt but i think as time went on and i got smarter about my roles got smarter about what i did after class i'm taking a lot more time to to roll and stretch out you know in in let's just say two hours of roll time i stretch for at least 40, 30 to 45 minutes after class. You know, it seems like a long time, but, and it is, but I think um, it's important. Big yeah. time. Yeah. Um, I might just want blank. <laughs> <laughs> it's because 
I didn't have my nog this morning. Oh, wow. You want to go get nog? I don't know if they have nog here. We probably have nog. Forget it. It's too late in the day now. It's like too late in the day? It's 9.30. Not even. It's, it's like 9.30. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, you know, I think you know, I, Cece will tell you this is that I'm pretty obsessed with it right now, and it's the only thing I can think about. Uh, I mean, you have a competition coming up, so true, it's... true. Um, but you know, uh, it's keeping me disciplined. It's keeping me on track. I'm hyper focused on it. I'm focused on my diet. I'm focused on what I do before and after class. I, you know, I, I think about it a lot. Um, but you know, it's also giving me a goal, right? And I think it's important to have those micro goals. So, as I think we mentioned in the last episode, um, you used to be over three hundred pounds. Yes. Um, let's talk about that. Like, how that was? And, how many years ago? And by the way, I'm I'm I'm. How many years ago was that? Two thousand. I want to say thirteen. Two thousand thirteen. So six years ago. Yeah, I want to say thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Uh, that 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 year between twenty twenty twelve and twenty thirteen. Um. Uh, 2012 and 2013, I had uh, kind of made that conscious decision to get healthier. Um, I don't know what it was. I've always tried before to work out and stuff like that, but finally I was just like, well, I know exactly what it was, but we'll, we'll save that for a different... That'll be another story. Another story we can talk about. But, <clears throat> you know, I, I uh, got fit and kind of haven't looked back since. And, and I don't want you to think I've been like... I don't want the audience to think that I've always just been like healthy uh, we definitely you know early in our relationship a pecked on i started getting back to that to that that weight but um you know i i want to say that having good goals fitness goals kind of got me right back on track yeah and i think definitely having that accountability partner uh whether it's, i mean you i think or... it helps having a significant other that is also into fitness and and understands that lifestyle because um i think I think we've both seen people where, um, oh, when their partner, that, yeah, part, that relationship way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they pack on the relationship way, but I think also when you have a partner that, you know, um, like one partner starts, you know, gets into fitness and, and starts losing that weight, and the other partner doesn't want to work out or doesn't want to join that world. Uh, no, it, it really makes it tough because it's it's a different mindset. No, I think so too, and I think you know a lot is to be said about having uh, being in a relationship uh, where you both can be accountable. Because I think you know we have our share of friends who are in relationships where they were fit, and now you know life has gotten better better of them. And oh man, that sounds beaten. <laughs> but you know they were they 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 they're comfortable. I think, and you and I were definitely like that in the beginning. And I think we're at a state now where like okay, let's. Let's be the better I think we person. had a lot of changes going on when we met. So when I met you, mm. I had just left my gym. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was transitioning to a new gym, and it was finding that routine, and especially, like, being in a new relationship, and you being so far. Oh, yeah. So so, so for the viewers, or not viewers, listeners, um, I didn't, we, we very much had a long-distance relationship. So I didn't live local. I was about two hours away. So, I mean, yeah, that's 
you know, not it's not, it's not, not long, terrible, long, but, but you know, we did not live in the same town or locally to each other. So we had to, we didn't have need to make an effort to see each other and have spend time with each other, which is tra- translated immensely into our, our, our marriage now, uh, because now we make time for each other. And part of the reason why we're doing this podcast is to, to a have, always have a conversation with each other, but also have a record of it. Um, and hopefully people will enjoy it. But, you know, also we make time for each other because we we're both busy, but now we're spending hours on our day just talking with each other. Yeah, yeah. So, But I think that, you know, just having that relationship, I wasn't spending much time at the gym, you know, I didn't really have, like, a group of friends that were consistently going. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then just being comfortable in the relationship, like you said, being yeah, comfortable. Yeah, That's where I started packing on those pounds and... Oh yeah, I mean, I remember I was like pushing two thirty, two forty-five back yeah. again, you know. And so it was one of those things where I think you and I, we we there was a shift in our attitude where we're like, we gotta do something, right? And yeah. I think a lot of people, um, a lot of people, um, a lot of people, yeah, we should, but a lot of people would normally would just. Uh, maintain uh, maintain maintain that comfortability I think you and I constantly uh, constantly had to um... yeah it's distracting yeah it's really okay, alright guys sorry about that we had to move locations there was some uh, a little bit we were recording it in a uh, cafeteria and um, uh, there was some a rather large, large cafeteria, and people decided to sit next to us for some reason. Like when you <laughs> to, had to do some work. I don't know. Like the, the dude was on the other side of the the cafeteria, and they decided to just re- get up, move next to us, and call his buddies over. So I think part of us, part of he was interested in our conversation. Yeah, but we left, and I got my dog. Yeah. Um, but I think to to go back to what we were saying is um, or what I was saying was that you know. Uh, we definitely had our fair share where you and I, um, you know, we, I suffered especially from the relationship weight. And I, I would still work out, but I was working out like once a week and like we would eat out constantly and, um, we had no accountability. And I think I was at some point in time, um, I don't know what the shift was. We were just kind of ready to... Uh, well, I think I, I started getting really depressed because I wasn't working out. As frequently as you used to? Yeah. But, I I mean, I also started gaining a lot of weight from uh, being on birth control. And that was, I mean, that'll we'll go into that another day, but that was a big part of... Um, By the way, birth control... For people that are listening, birth control definitely affects her a lot. Um, just women in general, but she had a very adverse reaction to birth control. Physically, mentally, and everything. It was just not a good fit. No. Um, you know, it did not fit. And we don't advise that. We don't advise, like, not not being safe. Um, not that we weren't safe, but, you know, definitely be conscious of that when um, you are taking something that's gonna imbalance your system i mean yeah she gained weight she was very moody i I was depressed yeah it was bad um 
We broke up. I think we, not. We didn't break up, but we almost broke up many different times because of your emotions. You were gonna dump me? No, I'm saying wow, you. Wow, it all comes out now. No, you. I just remember I was on a business trip and you were just like sad and crying, and I was like, well, I don't know what's happening right now. Like literally, you call, like we were fine when we left, and then all of a sudden you're calling me crying, and you're just like, I don't know what you're gonna break up with me. I'm like, what? <laughs> Do you not remember? I remember I had to step out of the building out yeah, in Tennessee. I, I was like, what is going on right now? I have no clue what's going on. And you were unhappy at your job. So there was a lot of contrib- uh, contributing factors. To yeah. That. But. but yeah, you know, that I think, you know, you were going back to the fitness thing. I think you were, uh, you were just ready to get back on track to where you were. You wanted to. I tried different things. And I think that, um, so at the Academy of Self-Defense, they had something called CrossFit, which was similar to CrossFit. It just didn't have the Olympic lifting portion. Instead of Olympic lifting, they um, they had, like, um, fighting stuff, so a lot of back work and that sort of thing. Um, and I think that I didn't really, I, I didn't, I was interested in CrossFit, but there's a certain stigma that I think everyone can agree. Well, I mean, you had that stigma, too. You la- We both laughed at CrossFit a lot. Yeah, you know, I thought that kipping pull-ups were... Not real pull-ups. I was like, those aren't real pull-ups, God. And now, They're like... <laughs> I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> um, or even like the the butterfly pull ups, like you know, I used to look at that and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like what Zero. the heck? No rep. No yeah, rep. and now like I can't butterfly pull up. I thought those that was like hell easy. I was like, Oh, that's what people do, like but it's like that stigma. And then you go and try and do it and you're just like, Oh my gosh, it's like well hold on a second, like this is a lot harder than I thought. You know, rounding back to the fitness thing and I think really what got us back on track was um I think both of us wanted to lose weight. Well, yeah, I think, you know, as I got more serious in jujitsu and, the, you know, you know, transferring from um, to, to, to go back, you know, Milsim Junkie was, uh, I'm th- talking to myself in the third person, but, you know, Milsim Junkie was Arwen 1.0 and near the end of Milsim Junkie's journey, he became Arwen 2.0 and, uh, you know, you can watch it in the videos. Again, MilsimJunkie.com. <laughs> Take you right to the channel. <laughs> um, you'll see when I, or very early on, I was very heavy set. Got to Arwen 2.0, and, you know, people responded. You know what's also crazy, babe? I never told you this, but uh, people got people got fit with me. I don't, I never put it out in the videos, but people, some, I remember getting messages. Now I remember, I remember getting messages from kids were like, hey, Arwen, I saw your videos where you just, like, I hadn't watched in a while, and I saw you get super skinny and made me like, oh, I could do that too. And they end up like getting fit too, and I remember that shift. I was like, "Whoa, hold on, man! You got a lot of power here now." <laughs> not that you know, not that I was commanding power, but you know, it was one of those things. I had a lot of influence, right? Yeah, and it was crazy. Um, but you know, Arwen two point and then when I moved on from that aspect of my life, um, I I got it. You know, I was still into Go Ruck. Um, we can go into Go Ruck later too. But I got into Go Ruck and I was doing a lot of that as well. But uh, after Go Ruck, um, where I met you, uh, what? I needed something to to stay motivated. And I think we I didn't have that for like the longest time. And then mm-hmm. I got into jujitsu, and I didn't know how serious to take it. I was like, you know, getting injured. I got injured a lot. I still get injured, uh, but I'm being smarter about it. Um, getting injured, but. You know, I think uh, I took it. I'm taking it a lot more seriously seriously now. 
and I'm implementing other aspects. And I think I'm enjoying this journey right now where mm-hmm. we're both into the strength and conditioning part. You know, we're both into the 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 striking and grappling part. I think that's that's been real fun. You know, it's been a real again, we get I think what's what's in, what I enjoy a lot about it is we get to be students again. Right? And I think like the big piece from all of this that we've both learned is enjoy the journey. Yeah, I think so. The end result is it's cool, right? Being able to do and getting your blue belt not being the worst on the mats. <laughs> Still pretty bad, but yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, being able to do different CrossFit movements, like all, all that stuff, like that's cool once you get there, but I think really it's just that journey to get there um, is what keeps you coming back. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, every every single day, especially now that as a, uh, as a person that does CrossFit, I want to say CrossFitter, yeah, he's a, a person, crossfitter. That's a person that does crossfit. You were featured on NC Fit's not story. Even, not even featured. I just all I did was took a screenshot and with my shitty ass Jackie time. By the way, Jack, there's in in CrossFit there are benchmarks, CrossFit benchmarks, which are named either after heroes or girls. So uh, the, the workout I had submitted and I've done for it was my first time doing it, but I did an RX was called Jackie. Oh. What she's saying is, I got featured. All I do is take a screenshot and put my time up. It doesn't mean I was featured. Yeah, they yeah. needed content and they posted it because I, because you did it I like a crossfitter. <laughs> That's what you're getting at. I see what you did there. Um, but you know, I think you know, going into CrossFit now, it's like, oh shit, I don't know these movements. Like I constantly ask you. Yep. I constantly ask you, I was like, hey, so is this squat clean? Right? I, and I'm still learning. I don't know these movements. I'm getting better every day. I'm still very much a student. Like in jujitsu, every day, you just got to be open-minded that you're going to learn a new technique. Someone, some spaz off the street who's going to try jujitsu for the first time can hurt you. you know? But I think also... You're learning jujitsu, right? And you're 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 a blue belt now, um, so you're not that spaz off the street. Um, I'm just a step slightly a step above him. Yeah, I'm still a spaz. <laughs> He's just not off the street. <laughs> He's off the mat. Um, <laughs> On the mat. <laughs> so, but I think that that in a real life situation, if if sure, let's sure, say sure. something something is going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like working with those with the the newbies those spazzes that are right off the street like that's really what you're going to encounter it, it's unlikely that you're going to be out in the wild whatever in the city whatever and something wild. happens and now like you need to defend yourself and this person can be like oh yeah i'm also really skilled in jujitsu like let's go and you know you're gonna fist bump and then you're gonna go no chances are it's gonna be someone who watched a few Nate Diaz yeah. videos on, <laughs> on YouTube, and they're just like, yeah, 209, 209, guys, 209. <laughs> you know, they think they're really hard, and they're just going to be spazzy, and, and knowing how to how to deal with that. Um, yeah. You know, oh, yes. so I, I think, you know, you, you <laughs> need those spazzes off of the street. You do. All right, we're running around 42 minutes around the same time. I think uh, I think we should cut it off at 45 or 40 you know that thing's a good time to cut it off 
format-wise. He doesn't want to talk to you guys anymore. Oh, no, we can keep going, but, you know, we're, we don't have an audience. They're probably tuned out by now. So if you're listening, yeah. if you're listening, perfect. If you're not listening. That's, that's all right. <laughs> Arwen's not that exciting. <laughs> Listen to that cackle. Straight up cackle. Ah. Very evil, like straight up Disney villain. Well, I mean, you know what they say. Villains just have more fun. <gasps> There's less rules. True. Um, but, you know, to, to end things, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode two of... Fit and Fluffy. <laughs> You're fit and fluffy. Sorry, I have food in my mouth, okay? Jeez. That's part of being fluffy. Stop. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Fit and Fluffy, um, episode two. Where you guys got to know a little bit more about me. Sorry for the interruption again near the end, but as we continue to do this, we'll we'll, we'll start cleaning things up. Uh, we're just still trying to get a feel for this and see what works for us. So, um, if you stayed listening to this whole time, thank you and uh, kudos to you. Shout out to anyone who's still listening. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to wherever we post this to subscribe to the channel and follow us on uh, Instagram. All right, bye. Wait, what's our Instagram handle? Uh, once we figure it out, we'll plug it. But right now, <laughs> okay, we'll just, so follow us on Instagram. But yeah, fit and fluffy. You know what? Right You're now. gonna have to do a little research. Find us. Yeah, <laughs> Google us. All right, bye guys. Bye.